When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, it is October 11th, 10 11 It is the Wrestling Inc. Podcast NXT 2.0. I'm Glenn. He's Alfred. Here we are, face to face. We did it. Alfred Saxon in the building. And it's yeah, good how's, to be how's, back. how's your family doing? You were at a wedding over the weekend. It was a good wedding. Byron is in good spirits after getting let go from commentary. We are all rallying around him, but the wedding was good. Congratulations to my brother. It was an Indian and West African wedding, so it was just one tradition after another. You saw dropping the broom and going over the four different tastes of, uh, that represent marriage, and there was all kinds of great stuff going on. So very beautiful wedding. Very nice to hear. Is, I'm not is, the biggest fan of marriage, but it was beautiful to be in oh. the presence of it. You know, I mean, players got to play, you know, you gotta... <laughs> I was really apprehensive about getting married. Actually, I celebrated my 12th wedding anniversary yesterday. And, Congratulations. Um, yeah. Same, I day to... as birthday. Same birthday as uh, Tony Khan. Oh, there you go. Well, I was very apprehensive about getting married. I had a lot of preconceived notions due to my parents' divorce and a lot of past relationship baggage. And I have to say that almost instantly it was like, why did I wait so long to do this? I mean, the, the tax benefits, the health insurance, like... Wow. And the, you know, blessed union of love. I mean, there's that oh, too. Oh, sure, yeah. And but, the uh, personal connection you have with another human for the rest of yeah, your I life. Yeah, I mean, that part's great. But let me tell you, on the taxes, you're really you're really saving some money. Yeah, there are financial and practical reasons to get married. I personally think it's so the government can control you easily. But <laughs> there are also reasons to stay single. Not necessarily not have a partner, but, you know, either or. I, I really am suspicious of it because of how high the divorce rate is. But uh, some people think it's good. Some people got sick of each other during the pandemic. I think it's just based on what the person feels. That's what I feel really blessed is that, like, we are not, we do not have those issues. In fact, I mean, we hang out all the time and it's very good. And don't get me wrong. Like, we've been watching uh, Kevin Kniff himself on AMC+, Plus, which is, you know, uh, a parody of the the sort of schlubby overgrown man child and like the, the two hot forum wife. And there's been a little things that hit close to home. Like when he called his business, Kev industries, I was like, Ooh, that's a little too close. Uh, but no, I think, uh, I think we got a pretty good relationship. You know, I think that's good to the test. So you seem to have figured this out. You need to write a book on marriage. You do a podcast uh, to people on how to stay marriage, how to have a nice lasting relationship. I mean, you, you want to know what I think the key is? Meet the person you're going to settle down with like after you've done a bunch of day. I mean, my wife and I met when we were both essentially 30 years old. So oh, yeah, we were at a better stage. I think we'd been through the bullshit because you're, you're man, you like, think about your first real relationship. Like that's the one where like, that's the prototype. You're really ironing out all the bugs. Absolutely. Your cells yeah. change completely every seven years. So you essentially become a brand new person every seven years. So the earlier you get married, the less that will be a representative of who you really are down the line. Absolutely. But I think I had probably four or five like significant relationships before I met my wife. So I really knew kind of like what was going to work and what wasn't. And thank you. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed for at least 12 more. But uh, glad you had a good time at the wedding. So, so is Byron 
Byron's still under contract. He's just not. Yes, they moved him backstage. And I just find the timing very curious that days after this bombshell rumor, and it is a rumor broke that I was a love child of Byron Saxon, they took him off commentary. I just think they don't want any controversy whatsoever. I think I think Herschel ruined it for everyone, man. Yeah. <laughs> that signed gift card really did him in. Yeah, you know, you get you get kids coming out of the woodwork and all of a sudden people are afraid to put you on, you know. I get it. They don't want another Herschel situation. And so they're just taking precautions. But I stand with Byron Saxton. As you should. Uh, Issa, just tired tonight, not here. But, but here in spirit. Rush. It's like she's here. And she's also heartbroken over what happened to my alleged father. So she'll be back hopefully sooner rather than later. But she's going to need a moment too. And I get it. Yes. I'm going to be off next week. I'm going to go see my family. Oh, I love that. Uh, yeah, we're gonna be gonna be a lot of dining outdoors. I, I texted him. I was like, okay, so we're doing this like Monday, to, Monday to Friday, and we're just gonna meet up for like outdoor meals. Meet the Rubensteins. That should be yeah. fun. It'll be good. It'll be a good time. Um, yeah. So tonight NXT still in the build to Halloween Havoc. Uh, Billy Garrison nine ninety nine super chat. Billy, you shouldn't have. I saw today E News interviewed The Rock, and the interview asked him who the tribal chief was, and The Rock said, "You're looking at him." By the way, I've listened to you guys since 2017. Love the show. Thank you so much, Billy. Uh, the Rock and Roman man. I feel like this is Charlie Brown in the football. I'm gonna believe once again, and then it's gonna be pulled away at the last moment, and he is not gonna face Roman at WrestleMania. That's a good analogy, and I will say it is promising that The Rock is doing an interview like this and going into business and starting up the headlines. I really don't think he would say something like this unless he felt pretty good about eventually facing Roman Reigns, not necessarily at WrestleMania, but I feel like The Rock understands and would appreciate putting over Roman Reigns as to how important that would be to his family, to WWE. I do think it's something he wants to do. And this interview is more indication of that. Whether or not his schedule is going to be able to sync up is a big factor. But this close to WrestleMania, we're relatively close. We're almost to November, and WrestleMania is early next year. So the fact that The Rock is talking like that and creating these headlines, I think, is a good sign. I mean, I think after the Young Rock mention in the show, like, he's aware. He knows. He's on board. Uh, he gets it uh m Roos in the chat saying talk about rumors the rumors are that cm punk has an office in AEW, but the twist is uh he shares it with cole cabana's mom <laughs> i really hope that's true uh alex diaz buck 99 super chat more dangerous the aew locker rumor than nxt parking lot that's a good question i mean nxt parking lot is work dangerous the aew locker room is work and shoot dangerous we see people brawl in that parking lot in the locker room in aew we've seen that stadium stampede that spilled into a locker room and we've also seen real life brawls happen in that locker room nobody is safe in that aew locker room i'm telling you Freddie Prince Jr. needs to buy the rights of that locker room so that can be his wrestling promotion. I want footage to that. I'm just as interested in all elite world star as I am in all elite wrestling. I want to see that locker room footage. There you go. Well, what is going on in the news? WWE Raw was up big 1.824 million, even head to head against a Monday night football game. That was a very entertaining game between the Kansas City Chiefs, a headlining team with Patrick Mahomes, megastar against the Oakland or actually Las Vegas Raiders came down to the last second. Even Devontae Adams shoved a referee or a cameraman after the game. And so a lot of controversy and national attention went to that game. But still, Raw was able to do $1.824 million uh, viewers. 720000 That is 38% boost in 18 to 49 
So WWE Raw, of course, coming off of Bray Wyatt, which helped move tickets for Extreme Rules, did that huge rating on 923 when people thought he was going to show up. Biggest number they did in two years. And then Raw now with Fallout for Bray Wyatt. And again, he did not show up on TV. He was advertised for SmackDown, but there's a lot of excitement behind this Bray Wyatt, White Rabbit QR code, people trying to guess and put the pieces together. This Bray Wyatt thing is a success. And oh, by the way, Devontae Adams, that's what you get for leaving the Packers. You're on a Super Bowl contending team for three consecutive years, and you decide to go to the Raiders who don't win anything, and now you're one and four. Don't be surprised that you're not winning with Aaron Rodgers. Of course it's going to happen. Derek Carr's never won anything in his life. Glenn, what do you think about Bray Wyatt? Well, it cut into the ratings of my beloved Quantum Leap last night. On the heels of his full-season pickup, it got the back six ordered. Uh, but, yeah, it was uh, down overall, flat in the demo. But, yeah, Bray is uh, making moves, man. And it's good they're teasing him for Friday on SmackDown. I'm looking forward to it. I think uh, people are just going with speculation. This Wyatt Six idea. Who's going to be a part of the Wyatt Six? What's happening? The Easter egg that wins uh, Abby the Witch appeared when we got sister abigail there were two titles that were clearly women's titles were they the tag titles or the smackdown and raw championship does that mean alexa bliss is oh my god here we are again alfred here we are again it's it's like we we haven't skipped a year like who's gonna be sister abigail (laughs) (laughs) that is the eternal question that and who's behind gtv will be the two unanswered questions in wwe lore and you mentioned that wyatt six idea i friggin hate the Wyatt Six idea. I've seen all the speculation. Who is Bo Dallas going to be the rabbit and is Wyndham Rotunda going to be the uh, hawk and is we gonna, Vince McMahon is going to be the fiend and all these speculation. I hope less is more. Vince McMahon is a fiend, but you know. <laughs> yeah, he might be that fiend too. They might have symbolism for us. I hate this idea of Bray Wyatt's going to get five other people and have this big statement. We've seen Bray Wyatt die under the weight of his own creative filth with half of the supporting cast. I think Bray Wyatt is insanely creative, but the last thing he needs is too many cooks in the kitchen, too many different characters intertwining. I really hope that was just a nod to his past and a kiss off and he does something completely different. You can incorporate elements of the Firefly Funhouse and even resume that. I'd be cool with that. But if we get this full-on stable where it could be convoluted again, which has been a problem two times now with Bray Wyatt, three times if you count Husky Harris, I don't need this thing to get convoluted because that's what we all love the honeymoon period. Remember how over he was as the original Bray Wyatt, the cult leader, Remember how over he was as the fiend before that fell under the weight of its own creative filth. And now I'm loving this Bray Wyatt and I'm a big fan of Bray Wyatt, but he tends to have a honeymoon period element to him. And this Wyatt six thing, I think would help accelerate people getting sick of him and getting confused. Less is more with Bray Wyatt. They need to realize that. Now, if he has six different characters, and he rotates between them, I actually think that's the solution to it getting stale. Sure. If there is different iterations, yes. And he can't, that outfit that that pig was wearing, I mean, these outfits have to be much more badass. Otherwise, you know, let's not even just think about Bray Wyatt. Let's think of all the careers that could potentially be ruined if (laughs) Karrion Cross is forever known as the pig boy or, you know, if they put Braun Strowman in that role. You could easily ruin all these careers. So... They gotta just, be smart with this. Muscle Man Bray needs to defeat Roman Reigns for the uh, unified WWE championship. Yeah. <laughs> and then maybe he can be world champion six times. I just think people are getting carried away, and I love it. I love this element. This is really eye-opening in terms of this guerrilla marketing, not saying anything on TV, leading to these massive ratings. I think SmackDown is going to do another big number. Yeah, SmackDown will be huge this week. They need to not overthink this thing. And I think Wyatt Six having this whole stable is going to give Bray Wyatt the ingredients to overthink and that's when this gets away from it yeah we'll see man but uh 
man, there's, if there's something wrestling fans love more than the actual product, it's the promise of greatness. Like the promise yeah. of greatness is, is more alluring than the actual payoff, you know? So we'll see. Yeah, Twitter's very excited about Bray Wyatt, but they will just as easily turn on him if it starts to getting confusing or if it starts not making sense or if there's too much hocus pocus. But if you do a Wyatt stable with six people in it, best believe it's going to be a lot of hocus pocus. And that's what's making me nervous. I've already seen this movie twice now, and I'm maybe it's Stockholm Syndrome. I'm giving it another chance because I believe in Bray Wyatt's potential, but I am cautiously optimistic as to how this could work. Yeah. Uh, what else is going on in the news? I don't know if you've seen this, Glenn, the latest viral sensation in wrestling. First, we got Luigi Primo at the pizza. We've gotten Dan Housen going viral, and now it's a dog, Glenn. There's a dog who's the biggest star in wrestling right now, Daikiri. He knocked off Psycho Mike with help from his trainer or her trainer, but they, the dog, defeated Psycho Mike and is a new sensation in all of independent wrestling. So the only question remaining, how long till this dog shows up in AEW? I mean, is Rampage live this week? You know, maybe this is why they bumped uh, the women's championship match. What was it to elevation or, or dark this week? So they can make room for the wrestling dog. Yeah, I think that dog would draw better ratings on AEW Dark than any of the wrestlers at this point because it just seems, you know, Tony Storm was just on Dark and people are complaining about it. Dark just seems to be kind of weird where people get mad somebody of stature competes there. I mean, it's good to put matches that are meaningful on that show, but it's just like, man, like, rightfully so, everyone is scrutinizing every move AEW makes with the women's division right now because that has not been a success and that's me being very kind it really hasn't and i'm judging that especially based on the level of talent that's in the women's yeah. division this is not a it's, fault of theirs no declaring no, no, no. how little they do and how few stars they've been able to make given how many people were actually over before even coming to aew yeah. so they had to literally just drop the ball it wasn't on them to create a lot of these stars it was on them to keep that momentum going and they just have not done that it's crazy uh what else is going on well, uh, I know you're not big into the UFC world in terms of the Diaz brothers, but they're a very polarizing pair of brothers who cause all kinds of problems, are known for drawing very strong pay-per-view buys based on their cults of personality. And Nate Diaz, who once defeated Conor McGregor, had a great feud with him as one of UFC's biggest stars. Of course, now he's mm. on his way out of UFC and possibly on his way into WWE. He's been showing Instagram stories and videos of him dapping up Stephanie McMahon he posted a photo of him with WWE executives, and there are now rumors that Nate Diaz could be on his way to WWE in the Triple H era, which I think has done a good job, and more specifically, the Nick Khan era that has done a good job of incorporating celebrities and outside talent. I think this could be one of the better incorporations they have. Uh, he is a very, very, uh, not necessarily a great talker in terms of cutting a promo, but in terms of charisma and just talking trash and cursing people out and uh, having this just attitude, I think Nate Diaz is it. But what do you think about UFC fighters crossing line over to WWE? Does this at least make you excited to explore who they are? I mean, it's interesting because unlike other celebrity ties, this is coming from the fighting world, but I don't know. I mean, I get it, but there's also the like stunt fights versus the like, Rhonda, I'm going to be a part of the locker room and, and do this because ultimately it's easier wear and tear. I mean, I don't know. I think that uh, it's a very 
very attractive, potentially very lucrative exit from the world of real mixed martial arts fighting. And I can't can't hate on that. Yeah, it's what he should be doing. And the reason they became such viable pay-per-view draws is because of their antics outside of the octagon. UFC and WWE or pro wrestling have a more symbiotic relationship than you ever will. If you want to become a big star in UFC, you just rip off WWE the way Joe Sonnen did. Word for word, when it comes to Bret Hart and superstar Billy Graham, the way Ronda did with Roddy Piper, the way Connor did with Ric Flair, these two worlds are very associated. So we how did CM Punk fuck this up so bad? Yeah, he he got the worst of both worlds, really. I mean, at some point, it's best in terms of money, but he did see the worst end of the stick on both sides. Mm. But listen, the reason CM Punk was so marketable in both companies because he was so controversial. He too, whether you can say what you want about his fighting, which a lot of people will, and rightfully so, but CM Punk drew a big number for UFC out of curiosity alone for his debut match. You could say what you will about his fighting, and when you're saying it, it will go on invariably two or three times as long as the actual fight itself. <laughs> and the chairs could get thrown, you know, Ace Steel can pull up on somebody. Larry, where was hey, that you know what? fire? Where this was that the, fire is- in UFC? AEW needs to mend fences with CM Punk so they can book that dog, Daikiri, and Face him against Larry the dog. I think that is an AEW yeah. caliber matchup. That's going to save Rampage. Is these two dogs fighting against each other? You get yeah. Michael Vick as a special referee. I mean, come on. How come it's no one? Fig- no one's figured out how to do kayfabe dog fights. Sorry, now I'm just I, thinking. Like now I'm just thinking of the wire and cheese and having to put down his dog. Larry the dog versus Daikiri the dog. Michael Vick special guest referee. We doing it in Atlanta. What do you think? Not touching that one. Um, <laughs> Gonna go donate some more money to PETA. Uh, okay, let's. Uh, what else we got? Our final story. Speaking of people with dog in them, Carmelo Hayes worked a main roster show for WWE. A main event. He got the victory over Cedric Alexander. We can see how highly at least Shawn Michaels thinks of Carmelo Hayes based on how he's booked in the Shawn Michaels era of NXT. And, of course, Shawn Michaels very close to Triple H, his closest ally in the Triple H era. And I have no reason to doubt that Triple H would be a big ally mm. of Carmelo Hayes. He just, the day he went to the main to the NXT roster, and I'll never forget it, his debut match against Kushida. I've always thought that this guy, as good as he is in NXT, and he's been great in NXT, I've just always thought, man, wait till this guy gets to the main roster. Even in the Vince era where people thought that he was too short and whatnot, I just always felt like Carmelo had the presence of a main roster star. And I look forward to him going there. It's a different era now, man. That must have been weird with Vince backstage at Raw last night and, like, Dallas and Anderson are getting brought back. Like, how many people did Vince, like, cross paths with that got fired under the Vince era? You know what I mean? Like It's it's insane. And especially when you consider that Gallows and Anderson are probably headed to Saudi Arabia, which, if you know that history in terms of what happened with them, Anderson and his wife saying they're never going there. It's a whole new day. How, how do you think that's going to work? Do you think, okay, Vince is going on that trip, right? That's a good question. You know, maybe he goes on there as a guest passenger. Maybe maybe he <laughs> takes a private charter to Saudi Arabia and just runs into them. Because I would think Triple H as like a sign of unity would be like, we're all going over on one plane this time. <laughs> like... <laughs> hey, that, that would win him some points. Maybe he should do that. And here's a question. Because it's overseas water, because we're not in domestic waters, A, does the Saudi kingdom know about what happened to Vince? And B, if not, does Vince produce this show behind the scenes? 
like nothing ever happened. Maybe, hell, maybe they want maybe uh, the KSA uh, royalty wants Vince to wrestle in the do rag. You know, I mean, <laughs> you know, go book him as talent, right? Um, I don't know, man. Like uh, things are tense with the relationship with you know that part of the world right now actually that that's the story man because we're what we're less than a month away from that look at the fluid situation going on right now with diplomacy and uh the white house saying things could change very quickly with our relationships with ksa like that could be very interesting if wwe uh bucks any sanctions against uh that that might be put in place in the next three weeks yes and i do think wwe would err on the side of caution i have less reservations in the triple h era that they would be stubborn kicking and screaming away from saudi i really do think that wwe would be quicker to pivot from the relationship if it got too serious if the block got too hot which just being optimistic i hope it doesn't and i hope things don't come to that point but if the block got too hot and WWE was taking too much heat, we are in a new era. And I do think the kinder, gentler WWE, at least for now, would make the decision that was best for its PR. Let's just put it that way. I don't know, man. With that, that many zeros on a check, I think. A lot uh, of money. Money talks. It would have to be an extreme situation, too. It would have to come very close to a very, very extreme, unprecedented situation, which no. I don't see happening. And especially, yeah. you know, WWE, I think, is going to they're going to keep getting that check as long as they're giving that money out. Yeah, it'll be very interesting if AEW has ever extended a similar offer. They will take it in a heartbeat. Don't F what you heard. These are carnies. Tony Khan is not your zaddy. We have this whole generation of anxiety-riddled men who think Tony Khan is their zaddy. He's not your zaddy. So when he's being nice guy, Tony, and all that stuff, and saying that he's the good guy and crown jewel this and that, if they gave him that type of money, Tony Khan would take it. And if he didn't, Warner Brothers would say, sit your ass down, and they would take it. Yeah, especially now. But no, seriously, the only chance we will ever get at a Marvel DC style WWE AEW crossover is if KSA wants to bankroll that to the tune of nine figures. Oh, I could. Oh, that's see, I've never thought about that, but that could absolutely be one way to bring them together. Another would be uh, Warner Brothers Discovery and NBC Universal merge, which can theoretically happen. People on the inside, the streets are telling me that it is a at least a possibility of Warner Brothers and NBC Universal merging, especially if NBC Universal buys WWE and it's out of Triple H and these wrestling people's hands. If it's just this corporate conglomerate owning these two companies, yes, they're absolutely going to do Marvel versus DC. The only reason we don't see Superman versus Spider-Man is because Sony owns Marvel and Warner Brothers owns DC and it's copyright and likeness issues. But if one company owned both, absolutely. And they've done it before and it's always been disappointing when they've yeah. done the team ups and crossovers, but it was, it's, it, it happened um, like right before the first X-Men movie came out, they did a bunch of crossover and they actually did a bunch of mashup comics where it was like Wolverine and Batman, like mashed up together. Uh, and it was, it was all kind of dumb, but yes. It, it, yeah. I, I forgot his name. He got canceled. And he also did that um, comic or that video on triple h's career his name is max something he had a batman versus joker or actually a superman versus joker crossover that was pretty decent and that i think could have made it for a good beginning of a storyline arc but it's not going to happen with him attached to it because of what went down with yeah we, we don't talk about max something anymore yeah, max something, that's all it was a good video at the time his dad john something uh also had some issues in the 80s and surprisingly bounced back from it but i don't think max something's coming back the something shall remain anonymous 
Yes. Ah, uh, not touching that one. Uh so Oh man, the other night I was flipping channels. So here's the thing, dude. We have unlimited streaming options, but I've got the bootleg cable for the last year or so. And I've been putting that on. And you know, it's like all the channels. And it's like, forget Netflix, forget on demand. I just want to flip and put something on in progress. And if I enjoy like five minutes of it, I'll watch. So I've got a lot of movies now that I've seen like 80% of, but not the whole thing because I started it late. But it's such a joy to rediscover watching things that way. But then the other danger is that, you know, it's like 2 a.m. And I'm like, oh, maybe I'll go to bed and maybe I'll watch a few minutes of something. And I was like, oh, No Way Home's on Spider-Man. Like, and then I watched the entire thing. But the other night it was like Nightcrawler's on. And I was like, I'll just put it on for a minute because Jake Gyllenhaal rocks in that film. And it was like, nope, watching the entire movie. There's been a lot of that lately. There's a bunch of movies like that for me. Forrest Gump is a movie that I'll never be able to just not watch the rest of no matter where it is. Dumb and Dumber is a movie like that. Really? Booty Call is a movie like that. There's a lot of movies that I just, Friday. I did watch all of uh, You Got Served again the other day because that was on. And normally I get a turn on You Got Served at the end, like when Lil' Kim shows up. But this time it was like very early and I forgot about Beautiful with two L's. Uh, But yeah, You Got Served is a solid film. You're going to get me to watch one of these days because you're going to turn it over. You got to watch you guys and you got to watch it because the bad guy, I kid you not, the the bad, the evil crew is just called Wade's crew. And it's this dude, Wade, that looks like he should be in Lincoln Park or Papa Roach or something with his spike hair, spiked hair. And they have to explain, like, he's from Orange County, which is like coded language for saying he's white. Uh, but it's like, we see you, Wade. We understand. But Wade's, you know, the, and I don't want to spoil for you, but, you know, uh, and Omarion does a great job in the film. Yeah, I do remember seeing it. I just don't remember much about the storyline and plot points because I was only watching the movie to learn the dance moves. Oh, Lil Saint, man. Yeah, you got to watch. And Steve Harvey and Jack Hay are in it. That's right. Steve Harvey is in it. Uncle Steve is in that movie. Yeah, and I, I love Jack Hay. Jack Hay elevated ladybugs, for Christ's sakes. Jack Hay is great in everything. <laughs> oh, but now we have to talk about NXT. In the comments, we're going to see the NXT talk starts 25 minutes into the podcast. That's good. But that's okay. Because if you're going to talk about anything, it's you got served. It's worthwhile. Dylan Matthews, thanks for the super chat and saying, should Mr. Stone have been Max Dupree all along? I think Mr. Stone is feeling pretty passed over uh, right now. I can't believe Mr. Stone's still in, in NXT. Very interesting. I believe Robert Stone might have been able to pull that gimmick off better long term. Maybe there As was opposed nobody... to the guy that like didn't give a shit about it yeah. at all. <laughs> Clearly did not want to be part of that gimmick. And especially because Robert Stone is more fashionably inclined. He's a guy that takes more risks than L.A. Knight or Max Dupree ever did in terms of fashion-wise. And where is Tiffany Stratton? The hunt continues. She posted something on Instagram the other day. She did, and a lot of people took that as her returning and welcomed her back as if she was going to be booked in a match. Maybe she's just on the wrong side. Not even maybe she's definitely on the wrong side of a pay-per-view cycle. They've been building this Halloween havoc card up for weeks that she's not on. So now that it's over, I expect to see her very soon, maybe at Halloween havoc itself, but starting the week after when it's time to build some new feuds. Absolutely. I see her. Yeah, no, totally. Well, tonight we opened with Braun Breaker versus Big Body Javi. And if you thought this was going to be a great exhibition match to make a new star, you'd be wrong. Because Braun Breaker won this pretty darn easily. Yeah, I'm a fan of Big Body Javi. I think he's got something. I think it's a funny name, but not very competitive with Braun. I'm not really excited about this triple threat at all. 
No. I just think it's been a theme his whole run of them giving him very little to work with creatively. In ring, this match is going to slap. It's going to be a fun match. It reminds me of the match that we're about to talk about. Fun match. I'll forget about it in a month. Braun Breaker, let me say this again. Braun Breaker is very talented. I think he's got a bright future, but as a champion, he has been a notch below vacant in terms of having a hot streak. I don't know. Vacant's top five for me, so I think... Uh, vacant, yeah, vacant. vacant. The chase for vacant, always, always dope. Uh, Calvin saying uh, Tiffany may have had some physical adjustments. May I mean, like getting her back aligned? I don't know. I, I've noticed uh, a couple of physical adjustments without being specific. I'm really not touching this one. Uh, I don't know what he means. Though. I, I don't know what he means in terms no, of like, like, you know, like you need your chiropractor, back. you know? Yeah, yeah, you need like your back, you know, physical Angles. adjustments. Yeah, you get an you adjustment made, physical adjustments. Stuff. Yes. Um, uh, <laughs> just people are going to troll us with this now. Like, what if Tiffany's part of the Joe Gacy faction is the mystery woman? That would be terrible. Someone said uh, maybe Tiffany joins Prey Wyatt in the Wyatt Six. Um, Let's just do the Wyatt Twelve. Yeah. What if everybody is part of the Wyatt fam? I st- okay. I'm I'm going to just put this out there because I know WWE. Some people in creative watch the show. The number one thing they have left money with Bray Wyatt on the table of for his entire run is the idea that Bray Wyatt and his, his persona, his essence can like possess other people. The biggest money gimmick is if you start having other wrestlers start talking like Bray Wyatt and Bray Wyatt's possess them. How many careers are you trying to ruin here? It would be, but if it done well, it could be so good. Yeah, but I wouldn't think that I think the more magic he does, I think the more nervous people are going to get. I think as long as, because this guy, Rob Fide got, he's supposed to be a horror genius wizard, somebody who knows how to book this type of stuff. And I do think there is absolutely an art to booking the type of horror gimmick that Bray Wyatt does. I personally, I know it was polarizing, but I thought the Firefly Funhouse match with John Cena was fantastic. Oh, it's one of my favorite matches ever. Yeah, it needs to be along those lines of creativity, you know, within the context of wrestling, you've got the Easter eggs about the wrestling business and people's careers, but without getting, and even though they went to a far outside the box, without getting too silly and hokey to where it makes your opponent look foolish. Dylan Matthews saying, to what if he's trans part of the bloodline? Another honorary oos. You know, I'd be here for it. And that's the thing. And Calvin's saying, oh, adjustments. People are saying enhancements. Look, Tiffany Stratton, if whatever makes you happy, do it. I believe in you. You do what you think is best for you. But I think Tiffany Stratton is a next generation megastar in the WWE. Yeah, and it doesn't get talked about enough. But there, unfortunately, is a pressure, especially in WWE, to get adjustments made, whatever you want to call it, plastic surgery, whatnot. I'm not assuming that this is why, but there has been a history of, you know, Serena Deeb mentioned this and hinted toward it in a recent promo on AEW of the powers that be do reward, not necessarily pressure people to do anything, but they do reward individuals who get the proper enhancements for the WWE. Well, that's why Goldust offered to do it because he was like, this will be great for my career. I've already got the blonde hair. Would have been the greatest adjustments in history. I'm furious that they didn't let him do that. I would like to visit the reality that that happened in. They'd be in the Smithsonian right now, I promise. Or they would have been canceled off the air. <laughs> Regardless, they'd have, taken, they'd have taken those two things. Yeah, you know what's he, funny? Do you think yeah. that if he got 
fired or if he went to WCW at seven, that out of pettiness, they would have made him take those out and give them back and said that those two things were probably <laughs> the air. WWE. Yeah. I mean, it's really weird, right? Like, and I've railed against this before. I don't like that there's like a stereotypical look that Vince favored or Kevin Dunn or, you know, anyone in position of power. I don't like that. And I, I am yeah. always a champion of anyone that goes against that. With Tiffany Stratton's gimmick, though, she is kind of like the Uber version. Almost and the reason why I think she works so well is because she's almost like a self parody of what Vince's ideal female superstar would be. Absolutely. And if anybody, and I mean this in the best way possible, strictly speaking, in the context of the Tiffany Stratton character, I overlooked the fact that she may or may not have had enhancements. I just assumed it was there because of how well she plays a character, which is this stereotypical, very superficial, materialistic individual. I always kind of associated like, oh, of course she already has that kind of work done. Of course somebody like that would get that work done. Again, speaking of the character. So I do think that in the context yeah. oh. of the Tiffany Stratton character, yeah, this does fit. And in fact, I think uh, this could be the first time since China that we see it like acknowledged, even in kayfabe, if that's the case. Yeah, and let's not all, all act like these women are always being forced into it and that they wouldn't do this anyway and that this isn't something that they personally prefer. And if she was able to explore that, again, this is a very nuanced type idea to explore that I would like to see them. I think people are so used to the argument that these women are being exploited and this, that, and the third. And there is an argument to be made that in the television industry, not just wrestling, when you're presenting women on television, they are more rewarded when they get work done and when they look a certain way. But somebody to embrace that, I think, would be very interesting. It's what Scarlett Bordeaux was doing in Impact that I thought was getting a lot of buzz years ago. It's weird, though, because TV has evolved largely from the idea of, like, you have to look a certain way to be on mm -hmm. television. Like, I think uh, there's so much more diversity of everything now. In terms of, yeah so it is interesting but for, the, for that gimmick i i could see that in some promo that like her daddy paid for them we still don't know is her daddy her father i would love if she said that i would love if she said that her daddy paid for them yeah uh she black thank you for the super chat uh is very good i think in the year 2022 that two men are having this discussion without a female voice present. I think we should be. Yeah. Now, I would love to hear the female perspective, obviously, but we are entitled to our opinions. And this is just how I am sharing in terms of uh, what I see. But no, I definitely agree. There needs to definitely be more women in wrestling. And I'm just proud to be on a podcast with one of them and not on Twitter when it's 90% men talking it's, about wrestling. It's really crazy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, 
Kelvin, five dollars. Truth be told, Tiffany's about to run NXT even before she did, even before she was out. Uh, she's that gifted. I agree. I think Tiffany Stratton could be one of the biggest stars in all professional wrestling. Yeah, but you don't want to rush it with her because she, and from an in-ring standpoint, is not ready. She's a phenomenal athlete, but she could stand to spend some time in NXT, have a world championship run. You know, we're going to get into Pretty Deadly, who I think are going to be big stars, but they clearly need more time to develop like a timing in front of an audience. And I think that's something that Tiffany Stratton would benefit from before going to WWE. Nathan Frazier versus Axiom in like their 300th match tonight. Uh, what did you think of this? Nathan Frazier getting the win. I thought it was a very good match, but it was funny because Booker T brought up, or I think it was Vic Joseph brought up the best of five series between Booker T and John Cena, which I forgot. And that was a very, very good series of matches. So if I forgot that, I'm going to forget the hell out of this. I thought it was a good physically entertaining match, but the storyline based around it didn't do enough to make me emotionally connected. So I was ready to get past this. I got sucked into how good the match was, but it's not something I'm going to be remembering maybe even a month from now. You know, there, there's a best of seven series between Booker T and Chris Benoit that WWE wants you to forget about. Mm. But whether they want you to forget about this one or not, I think a lot of people will. Yeah, and I think that um, there's no shortage of good wrestling. Yeah. You know, and I don't really, I haven't really felt the story beyond this that much. I like Axiom. I think he's cool. I think Nathan Frazier doesn't quite check my boxes for you know what i like in a wrestler but i think he's talented you know it's just yeah. not my thing and they shook hands after and it's all good so um after that uh man a lot of build up tonight for this main event which we'll talk about um i like Grayson waller wearing his grandma's sunglasses because of uh apollo cruz attacking his eyes yes that's very funny he is being very entertaining, but we're starting to get very supernatural with this. I don't, is Apollo Cruz the Black Fiend? Is he the NXT should we use Black that name? answer is to Bray Wyatt? We should use for that. But I get Black Fiend vibes from Apollo Cruz, especially after tonight. Okay. Ivy Nile is a pocket monster, <laughs> and uh, Apollo Cruz is Black Fiend vibes. He's a Black Fiend. We gotta get. Apollo Crews masks with eyes. No, 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 no. They got to sell Apollo Crews contacts. Those will fly off the shelves. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Indy Hartwell versus Valentina Peraz uh, tonight. Indy getting a win. What do you do with Indy at this point? Good question. I thought they were going to bring Indy and Dexter back. I thought he was going to take her back to the main roster, but... Then they immediately paid it off with him saying goodbye and getting taken away by the police. And I thought that was a missed opportunity. I want to see Indy on the main roster with Dexter because he's been trading water with Miz. I don't think it's the best entry point for him, especially as a babyface who's just chasing this guy around and his family. And I would rather see Index on the main roster. Yeah. No, I think that would be good. Um, pretty Deadly appeared to congratulate her and Pretty Deadly was there for the uh, triple threat for the number one contenders match for the NXT Tag Team Championships. Man, Pretty Deadly has had such a hot run lately of promos. This felt kind of a little mid. Yes, yes. I felt like this had its moments, and watching this made me realize, I figured it out, Pretty Deadly is a gay edge in Christian. That's what they are. That's They have that vibe to be... And kayfabe, potentially. Very, exactly. Kayfabe, gay edge in Christian. L-G-B-T-E-N-C. I think that they have that chemistry 
They have that star power that's there. It's just they need to work it out a little bit more. And parts of this promo started to die, especially toward the end. There was this shot because they were on that big platform where they shot them kind of from the side so you could see the entire crowd and they were all lit. And you just see the faces of this crowd are looking at these guys like, man, what the hell is going on? I got my kids here. Like, they definitely need to get out of Florida because I think the good thing of this is that they are only going to get better in terms of having crowds to work with. Like in Florida, where you can't even say gay, I don't think it's going to get over as much as like when they get to the Chase Center, when they go to San Francisco. When this act goes to Atlanta, I think people are really going to get over. But I, I think that uh, Pretty Deadly needs more time in front of crowds because they had that segment last week that I thought was well-intended and I thought could have been really, really great, but it underperformed. And I just feel like they need to figure out how to perform better in front of a live crowd. Every I, One of the best moments on this podcast was explaining to Matt Morgan how at the wrestling shows I went to for NXT, how the FTR was received much differently in a much different context uh, than they normally are. And it used to delight me. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. And if you're performing in front of the same crowd, especially, I just don't think that this particular crowd would embrace them as much as going around the country in WWE. And I do think that eventually NXT, as this very talented tag team gets its kinks figured out, these crowds are going to really love Pretty Deadly. I particularly like the fact that if you watch them from behind, it said DP, which I didn't know they were into that. Pretty deadly wild. You ever do really any DP? On a, really, really on a mission tonight, aren't you, buddy? No, I'm just uh, really on a mission tonight. Have you done any DP before, Dwight? Oh, God. We'll have a conversation off the air. <laughs> um, good Lord. No, I, I, like, I like that they're pushing the boundaries. And I actually like that they're pushing the boundaries without explicitly stating anything look i think these guys are pretty i think they belong to the world i think like if i'm pretty deadly why do i limit myself like you know i'm like omni uh, at this point but i love pretty deadly i just thought this promo tonight was not as inspired as some of their previous promo work no 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 i thought that this was overall a misfire i think it had promise and i was excited at the prospects but and with Dango in uh, with Dango in uh, Impact now, I'm bummed that we probably won't get the Fashion Police. Maybe Tyler Breeze, but we won't get the Fashion Police versus Pretty Deadly anytime soon. Yeah, well, I wouldn't say anytime soon because those Impact contracts can always be finessed. They're typically of the shorter term variety, and I do believe that if Dango got the call from the head offices, he would be in Stanford, Connecticut, in a moment's notice. Just like uh, Mia Yim will be. As yeah. Oh, so Mia Yim, yeah, her impact. Con I could see Mia Yim coming back. Mm -hmm. um, so we had the dyad with Joe Gacy versus Idris Sanofi and Malik Blade versus Brooks and Dunn with Fallon Henley and a number one contenders match for the NXT Tag Team Championships. And the new number one contenders are Sanofi and Blade. What did you think of this? I was pleasantly surprised. I thought it was going to be the dyad. They've been getting a lot of attention, but of course... Now they're going to because... be part of the Wyatt Six. Yeah, <laughs> they're going to add on to that Wyatt Six. You guys be careful what you wish for with this Wyatt Six, because yeah, you're going to get the dyad, you're going to get everybody. Uh, but yeah, I'm glad that Inofe and Idris, uh, um, or Inofe and Blade won. I think that they are a very entertaining tag team when they do stuff with them. I know they've been saying that they need to be more serious. I don't agree. I think that they're funny. I think... It's a very rare find to find legitimately funny people who can perform funny skits in the context of WWE. And these two are those guys. 
And I think mm. it'll be interesting, the dynamic of Pretty Deadly versus Idris and Blade, because they're both kind of comedy acts. And I feel like that Blade and Anofiel have to get more serious in order to make a cohesive feud with Pretty Deadly. Yeah, no, I could see that. And um, I think it'll be good. I think they're going to have a great match. Yeah, I think it should be... It should be their best matches, some of the best matches, because Pretty Deadly is a veteran tag team, and that's exactly what these two guys need in terms of uh, Idris and Blake. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see, man. Halloween Havoc is shaping up to be an interesting card. Yeah, it'll be a good wrestling card, and they're teasing a lot of WWE appearances to come down the pike. So I think they're panicking about the rating they did last week. Last week was not a good number for what was supposed to be this premiere and this new era of NXT, and... Yeah, didn't I think really the hurricane do the numbers really they wanted. Them. Yeah, yeah, think, the hurricane uh, did help them. But, no, absolutely. But they're clearly trying to rebuild this audience. Uh, we went from that to Alba Fire versus JC Jane. But the headline, Alba Fire got that win. But the headline was that Sony Deville showed up, beating down yeah. Alba Fire after. Makes sense. Mandy Rose's okay. best friend. Well, but, shout out to Demandy's Donuts. I, if we're looking at it in canon, and they kind of brushed it off, where she's like, "We have our differences, but she's still our my best." Our differences, like, that was pretty tense when that broke up. Do you think WWE is going to treat the pandemic like it didn't happen, like it's not part of canon? Yes. Like Otis never had long hair and was kissing Mandy Rose, like which was one of the best storylines yeah. of the pandemic era. I, I feel like WWE is treating the pandemic like like Big Brother over the top or Celebrity Big Brother, where it's not really included in terms of the history of Big Brother when you're looking no. at winners. It's just a, a thing that they did on the side. Is that how you try to explain it to your relationship? You know, it's like, this isn't canon, baby. Yeah. Like, this is just something I did on the side. This is just a fever dream for you. <laughs> this didn't actually happen in our mainstream continuity. <laughs> you're basically just talking about fan fiction at this point. Yeah, absolutely. Everything we did, we went to Applebee's fan fiction. Not real. Uh, Malik Black, $2. That clothesline Briggs did to Blade. Yes, Ouch. Very stiff. That was a this, good it was a good match. It was a pretty good match. It got some pretty tepid, this is awesome chance, but I do think these guys were working hard. No, absolutely. And uh nice to see Sony Deville. Yeah, I thought this was gonna be a welcome addition. I wonder if they're going to do a four-woman stable with pretty deadly which I think can help. We typically don't, I mean, we talk a lot about the horse women, but they're not a oh, stable. It's just a reference to four women. Yeah, with toxic attraction. We really in WWE very rarely, if ever, have had a four-woman stable. And Triple H is a big fan of his heel stables. You see damage control. You see judgment day. God forbid this Wyatt Six that people are going to hate in six months. That's why they're going to call it the Wyatt Six. And he's got all these potential heel stables, and I could see them doing this with four women. So if he's going to lean in on these heel stables, why not put a twist on them? Let's get some women's stables involved. Yeah. Um. Oh, speaking of which, was pretty de pretty deadly. What were they pretty deadly in NXT UK? Yes, I believe that's what they were called. Uh, Elton Prince and that's twenty twenty one. I bet you pretty deadly was a runner up name for Toxic Attraction. Ah, I could see it. I can see both of them having those. I think, I think it pretty deadly could be called toxic attraction. Yeah. Um. So schism backstage, freaking out after their loss, and uh, Grimes pause. gonna have to. Sorry, I forgot. I was a late pause. Hey, about what? Trying. What did I say? What did I say? No, no, it was, it was something I said. Pretty deadly could be toxic attraction. 
You know, oh. they can be something that I'm attracted. If you're into that, I find them very attractive. Uh, Grimes is going to have to face Schism three on one. Potentially. Who do you think is going to win that match? And do you care? No. They, they've made Cameron Grimes so much worse in this feud. Yeah, and he was kind of vacillating between the Cameron Grimes billionaire character and just regular old Cameron Grimes that we see today. And he teased that he's bringing somebody from WWE. So maybe this is where we finally get Cameron Grimes and Baron Corbin coming together. And maybe JBL gets thrown into that. Yeah, he's their money manager. He helps both of them. Yeah. Um, and so we also have that uh, Roxanne Perez is bringing someone from SmackDown. She's going to be on SmackDown. She's bringing someone to help her. Cora Jade wanted to get in touch with Ronda Rousey, which was actually that was pretty funny. But Cora Jade's going to go to Raw and get somebody to help her. Yeah, I don't know where they're going to go with that one. I'm kind of trying to think of candidates that where she can go to Raw. Maybe it'll be a tag team. Maybe, maybe it will be damage control. But interesting they're really really going to be doing crossovers between wwe and nxt smart but no i think it's going to be like uh maybe shotzi helping roxanne and i could see that i don't know who on raw is going to help cora it'd be cool if it was bailey i don't think it's going to be bailey bray wyatt All the fantasy booking for Bray Wyatt has been terrible, but here's the crazy thing. What actually happens is actually going to disappoint a lot of people because it's not their fantasy booking. Yeah, that's a good point. It's a gift and the curse. I'm seeing this now with the new Quantum Leap. Like, There's a lot of old school fans of the original series, and you read their criticism of it, and it reminds me of like going, going to Disney World with your parents, and you had a really good time, and on the way home, your parents are just like, well, they got rid of this ride. And, you know, Walt originally used to, used to want it to be an affordable park, and now the ticket prices are through the roof, and I don't like this, and I don't like this, and it's just like, shut up, old man. Like, <laughs> things evolve and change, you know? Exactly. It's I am so jealous of the time during high school, during the Attitude Era, you know, in our adolescence when it was all new to us, and yeah. got legitimately excited for wrestling matches and wins and losses, but now we're so overexposed to information and we're so cynical as a society that has essentially run out of ideas in terms of what to produce with all these reboots that people are so quick to say, oh, it's not as good as it's original and oh, it could have done this better and that better. I just think we know too much. And now when somebody does something new or fresh or a modern update, they're like, oh, it's too woke or I don't know, like they find other things to complain about. It's yeah, just really unfortunate uh oh dream realm studios is a good point uh Rhea could help cora that would actually oh, yeah. be pretty dope and that was teased she, she did mention Rhea ripley and i can see yeah i can see cora jade being a member of the judgment day she's got that vibe i want to see Rhea versus beth after that interaction yeah. they had on sunday i did end up the reaction it got. yeah that was great um wesley took on stacks match of the year uh, match of the year, yes. Stax is the comeback wrestler of the year. Breakout performer of 2022. Wesley won. Poor Stax. Uh, but afterwards, Trick and Carmelo launched an attack on Wes, or Mensa ran out to even the odds. Uh, I mean. Wesley and Stax, for one reason or another, are both in similar situations where they're just essentially fish out of water, who their better halves have left them, and they both need something else. It was good to see Tony D'Angelo back on this show. Oh, yeah, that was nice. He's absolutely surprised for Stax. Yeah, you could absolutely use it in terms of Stax. But we talked about Nate Frazier earlier, and it looks like he'll be teaming up with Axiom, which I'm fine with. But I really love the idea of MSK 
rebooting through Wes Lee and Nate Frazier. I thought that would be a much better alternative, especially given how hot MSK was, that they could just pick up where they left off. Two great high flyers. And uh, I, I think it's unfortunate and a missed opportunity. I'd much rather see a rebooted MSK than Axiom and Nate Frazier as a tag team. Mm. Uh, so we had Creed backstage with Ivy Nile, or, or they were in a hospital visiting Roderick Strong in the hospital. He's ready to be released. Diamond Mine forever. It feels like that. I mean, <laughs> they're never going to break up. They're never going to stop talking about this. Kiana James took on Thea Hale. Kiana James getting the win. Yeah, they were doing a lot with her. It kind of left something to be desired. Wasn't a big fan of those backstage segments with Kiana it's, James. It's the... And this is tough because I think Kiana James is talented. Yes. But I feel like this gimmick is like third per, like third in the line hand-me-downs. It just felt like a stage play, how it was all <laughs> coming together. It didn't feel authentic. And I mean, again, maybe she needs more time to figure this out, but it she wasn't my Drew favorite. Gulak. I'm not connected to this Drew at all. Gulak. Drew Gulak will make this gimmick as good as it can be. Yeah, he needs to come over there and get his gimmick back. He needs to file copyright infringement. That that would actually be a good story that he's threatening to sue her. And then, and then he somehow ends up her manager, you know? <laughs> and then they can have, like, competing PowerPoint presentations as to who wins the yeah. case. And and the deal is supposed to be 50-50, but they do the argument of 51-49 of, like, who has more in the partnership. Like, you could do a lot with this. That'd be fun. It, it would be, be good. good. Sell a lot of Microsoft Office products. Yeah. Uh, but Thea Hale, I like a lot. Chase, you still remarkably over. Um... Robert Stone was out there. Thea Hale. Uh, yeah, that's the reason why she lost. I don't know. I don't know, man. Um, so let's talk about Imagine Dragonoff versus Grayson Waller in the main event tonight. Imagine Dragonoff. He's got very catchy theme music. This was a very solid match. We got a little spooky, spooky from Apollo Crews, Black Fiend. Yeah. But take it or leave it, you know? I'm not excited about the triple threat. <laughs> the Black Fiend is like, <laughs> the like is, is it the worst name of like, to just be like, I'm the Black version of yeah. this other thing? Of this character that died a horrible death last time we saw him. Yeah, I, so, yeah, I don't think we, I don't think we want him to, I think they're going to get some letters if it goes that route, and rightfully so. Oh, they don't want to call him the Black Fiend, but... <laughs> Um, well, that's how he's being booked. He's being booked as a spooky, spooky, and the <laughs> wheel magically showed up. Yeah, that's not. Um, yeah. Okay, moving on. What uh, about the African American feed? We can't call him that. I mean, you could. You could. You could. It's not the politically. Why? Why don't you pitch your uh, your online screen name? You know, just tweet it at <laughs> Apollo and be like, I, I, I will, I will gift this to you if you want to take this. <laughs> Take this on. Well, be huge in the Attitude Era. For a good enough fee, I will gift him that copyright of the African Black Hawk. Do you have that dot com? You should have that dot yeah. com. <laughs> um, and both with the and without. Uh, so, huh. Okay. Oh, and Quincy Elliott had a nice little backstage segment. Uh, we also got a video hyping up Nikita Lyons and Zoe Stark. Yeah, okay, let me talk about this video. Like, 
Katana, Chance, and Caden Carter have been friends for years, like legit. They've been a tag team for years. Then they did that segment, I think it was last week or two weeks ago. I didn't like it at all. You would have never known that they have this chemistry together, that they've known each other for years. Whereas Nikita and Zoe just came together and didn't seem to have that chemistry. And they had all the chemistry in the world in terms of being on camera, cutting this promo as a tag team. They even showed some footage of them when they were training. And I thought they were very loose and funny with each other. I thought they did a much better job. Oh, Nikita and Zoe are winning those championships. Yeah, I'm just based on these two vignettes alone. If this is all we have to go off of, which it is because the match is next week, definitely Zoe and Nikita. I, I even though Katana and Kaden are a tag team and they've been a tag team for longer and they're pretty early into their run, I just thought that Zoe and Nikita seemed like a better pairing. I mean, yeah, and this is this is a great pairing. Um. I do not see any scenario where they do not win those titles. Really? Well, because they don't want to beat Nikita Lyons is what I'm thinking. I'm just yeah. thinking that they want to keep her unbeaten by any means necessary. And I don't even think they'd want to do a cheap thing where Zoe takes the loss. I do think that they could have Nikita and Zoe win these titles and maybe Kaden and Katana break up. Yeah. Um, I think Kaden and Katana, I think Kaden is, could be a singles megastar. Yeah, I absolutely think that she can, especially given her hyper-athletic background with American Ninja Warriors and the things that she can do in such a small package as she continues to get better. I think her finish is amazing. I think that tag team finish is amazing with the 450 splash. But I do think that she's very promising, and I think Triple H in the NXT era sees it right now. That'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, Yeah, which way they go with it, you know? I mean, I think both of them could do very well as singles stars. Yeah. It will be interesting to see. Uh, so that's interesting. Baby I saying, do you think they're going to turn heel? They did tease it before they won those titles. And then they won the titles. It went kind of cold. And I think if they lose, I do see them breaking up. And I think at this point, you just kind of got it. They've gone as far as they can. They broke up Cora and Roxanne before they even became a real tag team I know. for too long. So I don't think it'd be too early to do it with these two. And why not? And with Tony D'Angelo, like, it's good to see Tony D worry. I mean, Stax should not be repping the family. No offense to Mr. Stax. Uh, Quincy Elliott, I'm worried that they're not doing enough with Quincy. Yeah, they're really taking their time integrating Quincy Elliott on the TV in terms of a wrestler. I do think the value in Quincy is going to be as a performer and what Quincy is able to do outside of the ring. And they're trying things out, but I would like to see a solid storyline. And it looks like they're headed that direction, but Quincy is just kind of associated with Hank Walker right now. Hmm. And I would like to see them actually dive into this Quincy character. Who are they? What do they do? How can they perform and captivate a crowd? I think there's a lot that they can capitalize on. No, absolutely. So back to the main event, Imagine Dragonoff versus Grayson Waller with uh, JD Madonna on commentary. Yes, and speaking of commentary, it's good to see Booker T back. It'll be a definitely a different type of commentary between Booker and Vic. I really did enjoy Vic and Wade together. They had like a big brother or little brother relationship 
where Vic Joseph seemed like the smarmy little brother and they would just kind of quip at one another in a very fun way. But that's not the same thing with Booker because you just kind of got to set Booker up. And, uh, you know, if Vic tried some of the comments he said to Wade with Booker, Book would clap right back and try him. And not necessarily in a witty and fun banter way. He would just be like, hey, you better watch out, dog. And it would be a, a very uncomfortable situation for Vic. So I feel like it's a completely different chemistry. Why your impression of Booker sound like Tom Waits? <laughs> The older Booker gets, the more he does sound like Tom Waits. It used to be like the end of his sentence would be like this. But like now every word he says is like, we go into the NXT dog. It's going to be good. He's like doing an impression of Booker T. I want, I want to hear Booker like singing downtown train and I don't want to grow up. It would be great. Uh, oh, King Mike's world. Interesting idea. Bring Electra Lopez to the D'Angelo family. Yes, she actually did a good job when they were doing the crossover. I think she was the only one who really even came close to getting over from Legato del Fantasma when they were with the D'Angelo family. Um, and let's see. Um, Michelle O'Rourke Johansson asking an interesting question. Do you think the, uh, WWE learned from their mistakes where Bray Wyatt's concerned? If they bring out the Wyatt Six, no. Then they're doubling down on those mistakes. Okay, this Wyatt family, and it's good to have stuff surrounding Bray Wyatt, but I really hope they're intelligent about this. I don't necessarily want to see a stable with Bray Wyatt, but then again, who knows what they're preparing? They have a director of longtime creative, which I think is going to be a game changer because hopefully Bray Wyatt will be able to tell a story and we're going to get time and people are going to be invested over time. Yeah, this main event was tough tonight, though, thinking back to this. I mean, Dragon Off won. Breaker surprised Dragonoff, hit him with the spear as McDonough watched. I mean, I'm just not invested in this triple. Like, why? Why hasn't Breaker had a great feud yet? That's a good question because this is not one of them. There is no real creative reason for me to get into this. And that's where it's tough. It's fine that it's about, oh, I'm going to see who's best. We're going to have this championship match to decide who's best. You got to do better than that if you want to build a television audience. We got to start getting some girlfriends hit on. People's dads got to get beat up. Not kidnapped like Joe Gacy. You don't have to go over the top, but we need some extra creative juice in order for this championship run to really pop off. Yeah, they got to do something. Got to do something because this is your champion and he is often in the least interesting feud in all of NXT. Let's get Scott Steiner involved. Let's get Scott Steiner in Florida for a month and, and we do something Somebody hurts Scott Steiner. He's got to avenge, and maybe they tag team. But I need something to help Braun Breaker. Yeah. I continue to be a supporter of his, but it's it's hard if they're really not doing much to showcase him in the most entertaining light. Yeah, Halloween Havoc is a week from this weekend. Yeah, isn't it uh, next week? So the go no the go home show for Halloween Havoc is next week. Which my God, next week, ladies and gentlemen, we're going head to head. AEW Dynamite on a Tuesday night. Oh, thank NXT. God I'm out next Tuesday. Oh, really? Oh, man, you're going to miss all the toxicity in the comments. It's going to be a great night of wrestling on the 18th. It's a go-home show for NXT, and it's also AEW Dynamite Live. Who do you think wins? Okay, so now that uh, we're going to not see you next week, who do you got? NXT versus uh, AEW. Dynamite probably wins, um, but I think they do half their usual number. It's very interesting because they have several segments when they tease that they're going to go to WWE. We're probably going to see NXT people on SmackDown, which is WWE's A show. Yeah. This SmackDown is going to do a big number because of Bray Wyatt being on it. So with that big audience, WWE is probably going to put a bunch of NXT people there. And again, the talking points in front of the camera is 
That's our developmental. We're not competing with AEW. And if they lose to AEW, which I think they will next week, they can have an out by saying, ah, it's just developmental. But I do think that quietly WWE is trying to build a show to compete and maybe beat NXT or beat AEW head to head. But I do think the audience is smaller for AEW, but I do think they edge out a victory. Okay. Um, There you have it. So... Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Issa should be back Friday. I'm at Glenn Rubenstein. Alfred's at This Is Nasty. What's coming up on uh, the pro wrestling bits? What do you got in the works? Going to have a bit within the next day dropping about Bray Wyatt, whether or not this thing is going to be a flop. I can be proven either way, and I go over the pros and cons as to whether or not this is going to work, because hopefully it does. And I think with Triple H in charge and more creativity, we are on the right track. But there is also a universe where this comes crashing and burning just like it has the last couple of times. And these people turn on him just like they did in 2018 and just like they did in 2021. There you go. But if it catches on, Apollo could be the Black Fiend. Hell yes. Let's get that Black Fiend out here. Get those red eye contacts. Let's sell some eye contacts. Would he have his own Firefly Funhouse? Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Firefly Trap House. (laughs) Uh, I'm here for that. Who are, who are his puppet characters? <laughs> I'm just thinking that. I'm not that. touching this one. This is no, all Alfred's bit. <laughs> you can have that Urkel puppet. Remember when uh, Steve Urkel had the puppet? You can have one of those. You know, that's a nice callback. What is this famous dummy's name? Come on, help me out here. Oh, um, famous dummy. Yeah, famous uh, black dummy. You know, uh, what was it? AJ and. Um... I would like to see. Um... Oh, I can't even remember. It was what, Willie. What? It was uh, Willie Tyler. Willie Tyler. Yes. Willie Tyler. Yes. Let's get Willie Tyler in the Firefly Trap House. That's what I was thinking. Well, I was confused. Oh, Willie Tyler and Lester. Yes. Oh, I'm here for it. I'm more excited about this than Bray Wyatt now. You got me hyped. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, on that note, everybody. Uh... <laughs> Have a good week. We'll catch you back here next time on the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. Take care. Good night, everybody.